Question. What is the best podcast about drumming? Answer. The Drum Shuffle Podcast, hosted by Jamie Eads. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts, thedrumshuffle.com, jamieeads.com, J-A-M-I-E-E-A-D-S.com. Are you overpaying for brand new tires? Stop it. Teens Tires is the answer. Visit them online at facebook.com slash teenstires or teenstires.com. That's T-I-N-E-S tires.com. Or feel free to call them at 304-729-6114. You want me to get out? You get out. Do you smell almonds? Nice mustache. You don't know what my breath smells like. Chest pass through him. I'm very excited about that. I'm also very nervous. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello! From the Dire Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. I'm back. And this is off-season episode 19 with Mike Kazaza. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know. If you're still on Facebook, I'm still there with a podcast page. So find it, hit the blue thumb, follow the podcast there. Email address is unreasonabledoubtwv at gmail.com. Send me an email or don't. Glad to be back in the pantry recording. Took a week vacation with my family to West Virginia South. Had a lovely time. I am not well rested, but had a lovely time. Glad to be back in the pantry talking about WVU basketball. Speaking of them, they're on a vacation. Well. It's a working trip. They're in Spain. They got to do practices early in preparation for this trip to Spain. They're currently there. Bad news before they left this last weekend. Oscar couldn't make the trip. Visa issues. Oscar's from Congo. And, you know, some, you got to have a visa to get into a country. And apparently it was tricky enough to where he was not able to make the trip. Which kind of stinks because the whole team building thing, it's nice to have the whole team there. That being said, it builds the mystery of Oscar. Excited to see him play. I don't I haven't heard of a preseason exhibition uh this year like they've done in the last couple years with Penn State and Wheeling Jesuit, respectively. <laughs> uh but we're gonna have to wait. We're gonna have to wait for the Oscar show. Uh, the team did well in their first exhibition Monday against, and I'm putting this in air quotes, the Madrid All-Stars. Couldn't take much from the limited video that I've seen. I did not buy the monthly subscription at Flow Hoops or whatever. Two things I took. First, the, hard, the Huggins starting five. He started McCabe. He started Haley. He started Chase Harler. He started Emmett Matthews, and he started Derek Culver. So that's your first starting five in a game that doesn't matter. Would Oscar be in Harler's spot if he was there? Who knows? I don't know. Harler started some games for this team, so maybe he brings Oscar off the bench early on. 
I don't know. But that's interesting. No real surprises on the, on the starting five. Second, and I take this, as far as minutes played in a game that didn't matter, Emmett Matthews played the most minutes. Uh, so he looks like he's gained weight, and a lot of that weight is muscle. I think he's grown as far as height. Again, limited video, and it's hard to take information from this as far as how every everybody played. Uh, Miles McBride played well in this exhibition. Logan Rout played well. But how do I put this nicely? Um, <laughs> let's just say the threshold for an all-star team in Madrid is different than what I would consider an all-star team here. Okay? <laughs> Uh, with love and respect to these guys from Madrid, uh, the all-star team, uh, never heard of any of them. And why would I? They, you know, they're all-stars in a different country. So uh, apparently they're pros. Apparently they're they're paid. I'm not sure. In the limited video that I saw, uh, I don't – again, it's a different country. You know, you go to a different country, things are different, different currency. Different lifestyle, different uh, different cuisine, and different <laughs> and in that different language, maybe all star means something different in Spanish. All I'm saying is the box score from the Spanish website listed WVU's full player names, first first name and last name for the Madrid All Stars. Some of the guys got full names, I'm assuming. Some of the guys got first initial <laughs> of the first name followed by the last name. So uh, these all-stars, it goes one of two ways. Either they're such all-stars that you don't even have to put their first name in the box score. You just know. Or... There's a there's something lost in translation here. They weren't very good. Long story short, Madrid All-Stars were not very good. They're going to play other All-Stars in Valencia and Barcelona. I'll keep you posted next week on how those go. But it's exciting to see them. Also, last time we talked, it was before the TBT tournament, Best Virginia. Shout out to that team. They, they won a game. They won their first game. They lost to the four-time champs, Overseas Elite, in the game they had to play without Jawan Staten, their only true point guard. He was injured late in the first-round game. Did not embarrass themselves at all. Looked good. Flowers was making threes. Kevin Jones running the court. I enjoyed what I saw from them, and I hope they do it again next season. Rumors are swirling, if they participate again, that Morgantown would be a host site for the first round, and that would be awesome. Nathan Adrian cashed in. People saw him playing on Best Virginia. He got an overseas contract. He's playing in France. So congrats to Nate Adrian. Let me just say, after West Virginia lost to Overseas Elite, and I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but I put a reverse jinx against Overseas Elite, and it worked. They got beat in the semifinals. 
Bad news, they got beat by a an Ohio State alumni team. That team won the next game, the championship game, to win the $2 million. So Ohio State guys won this year. The undefeated streak, credit to Overseas Elite. Again, I'm not going to take total credit for it, and I don't want to get too specific. Let's just say my reverse jinx worked. Mike Kazaza interview coming up. Woody's Goodies is a proud sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Come on down to Woody's Goodies in Marmette, West Virginia at 9000 McCorkle Avenue in Marmette. And if you don't know where that is, MapQuest it. Come on down to Woody's Goodies in St. Albans, West Virginia. You can find them in St. Albans at 1603 McCorkle Avenue. If you don't know where that is, Rand McNally it. You know how you do. You ran McNally something. You go on the internet and ran McNally something. Come on down to Woody's Goodies to find you a discount deal. Come on down to Woody's Goodies to see the selection of Halloween items available. It's already here, folks. Halloween lights. Halloween costumes. Halloween makeup. Halloween trick-or-treat bags. Halloween suntan lotion. I don't know if the suntan lotion has anything to do with Halloween. Come on down to the Woody's Goodies Facebook page to see what's in the store each day. Come on down to Woody's Goodies. Not random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. As I mentioned, Mike Kazaza from Earsports.com returns to the podcast this week. Mike came on the podcast, the first guest outside of the Bracket Talk series. He's back again, in addition to writing about WVU sports, which he's great at. He's now a fellow podcaster. His is called Country Roads Confidential. He does it with 24-7 sports, earsports.com colleague Chris Anderson. Find Country Roads Confidential wherever you listen to podcasts. Warning, this interview, the audio quality, it's not great because, obviously, have you listened to this podcast, you know my struggles with technology. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing this in a pantry. You can hear our words. At one point, somebody from my family is dribbling a basketball in the house, and it shakes the whole house. I don't know how that works. Anyways, I enjoyed this conversation. Here's my interview the second time around with Mike Kazaza. All right, Mike Kazaza, welcome back. To Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Welcoming me back sounds pretty good. I forgot that, uh, <laughs> how long ago was this? Like a year ago? Like, uh, like almost a, a year. World back then. Right. Yeah. Speaking of New World, you, you and Chris Anderson are in the podcast game now. Country Roads Confidential. Listen to it where you're listening to this on any podcast platform. How do you like doing the podcast so far? Oh, it's less writing, which is pretty good because I think I don't think it's a boast. I don't I don't know if anybody writes more words about WVU than I do for, for like sports. So to give my knuckles and my pinkies and my fingers a break because uh, I'm an alternate finger typer. Carbal um, tunnel, I can kind of stiff arm that a little bit, and uh, I have a lot to say. So not everything is fit to print, so to speak. Um, so I like that part of it. It's not a lot of extra work. There's a lot of people helping us and stuff like that. So that's good. If I was driving this one, um, it would be a little bit left to center, I'm sure, most of the time. But good guy 
guidance and, and good help on this stuff and kind of let you come to some some pretty different tactics and different ideas and different angles that you can cover the team in and kind of talk people through stuff um, that maybe isn't so easy when you write. And I, I realize that sometimes when I write, it's English disguised as a second language, it seems like. It's not the most linear <laughs> style of writing. So uh, it kind of helps for people who can listen to me, I think. And I just think it's a little bit more creative for news. Like we, we all digest news in different ways. We like to look at stuff. We like to watch things and read. And now we listen. And listening is, is um, new to us, but not new to anybody. So I think we're at the right time. Um, it's a good idea. And I think we have some cool ideas that are coming up. One in particular that, if I may, it's going to be pretty interesting about building a roster and how they go about doing it. And kind of a way to conceptualize it that, like I was saying, if you're red, our description of it or how we're going to do this, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. If you listen to it, I think it'd be pretty cool. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this is a basketball, this is a basketball podcast. So WBU entering its eighth season with the big 12, only Eastern time school. Still, you answered my question on your podcast that you think WBU will be in the big 12 in the next five, six years. Will there be another Eastern Standard Time school in the Big 12 by 2025? Yeah, I think that's a better question. Are they going to stick at 10 or are they going to 12 or 14? I think that's a better question than some of the other ones I've heard about. Oh, are they going to be in the Big 12? Oh, will the Big 12 exist? I don't know. For a while, I was thinking that you have four 16-team conferences. Notre Dame would fit in somewhere and you have the 64, 65 teams. Um, I don't know about that anymore. I think, I think the TV thing is so unstable that you kind of take the sure thing. Um, so maybe these people don't change a whole lot. Maybe they don't do a whole lot of different stuff. And they just re-up with different TV contracts while they're there. Kind of think that the ratings and the, 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 the contract, whatever, with cable network is going to uptick again. I know it's down now, but let's see how all these streaming platforms do. You know, is there going to be a boom? Where does the bubble burst? We'll see. Um, kind of some indications that maybe it'll slow down. Maybe it won't peak as much. Or maybe these... You know, these companies be in a better position to offer a lot of money, but the fact that we all know, we're getting, believe it or not, we're getting kind of close to the renegotiation times of those practices, those uh, those contracts. Um, so I don't know, maybe they, they try to keep the conferences together and you have just a power five still. But you're still going to want people, you're still going to have people who want to get over that wall and invest Houston or UCF or USF or UIU or Boyd State or whatever. Um, if not now, when, like if they couldn't get themselves over the wall. And this past, what, it's going to be like 13 years, I think. Um, that'll be hard for them to ever get over it. So it might be time to invite some of them in, but it might be time to keep them out, too. So um, my hunch is that, yeah, they're going to be the only EST team in the Big 12. And if that's the case, it might be like that for a long, long time. Interesting. But it is what it is. The money's good. The spotlight is good. Um, they seem to have adjusted well. It's just, it's just a weird situation. It's West Virginia and then... 10-hour drive, maybe, to get to Ames. Is that the closest place? I mean, it's it's weird. 900 miles, so I don't know how fast you're driving. But <laughs> it's taking more than 10 to get there. There you go. It's okay. hard, too, because, like, like, okay, the Big 12 says, hey, we got a big blank check. Let's get the team. Well, who do you get? Oh, let's go get Pitt, and let's get Louisville, right? Um I'm not sure either leaves the ACC. Maybe the ACC would have a different thought about Pitt, for example. Um, but is one of them going to make that move and put themselves in like a free agent period for a while? You know, I don't, I don't know. That's going to be the best idea because I mean, what if what if the finances tank and these one of those teams out in Highland? And I'm not even saying that's a likely outcome, but like it's the future 
they're, they're not just football teams, basketball teams, but athletic departments and universities that are at stake. And all these people, maybe they're on a piece of ice floating to the ocean right now, but um, they're at least on the ice, so they got a spot and hold on to it for as long as they can. Sure. That makes sense, and I, and I understand it. It's just a weird one. So uh, 2018-19 basketball season, uh, one to forget, uh, in this man's opinion, only the fourth losing season in 37 seasons of Bob Huggins coaching a college team. Two of those four have happened in Morgantown, which is crazy. The last time, it took two seasons to make it back to the NCAA tournament. Will it take two seasons this time? Can he turn it around this year? Or should I be even more pessimistic? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say that they're going to miss it this year. Um, and I may be wrong because I'm not sure about the relative strength of the Big 12, and that's going to be a lot of their games. So maybe they get healthy in the conference and they get some artificial win total. But I just know what I know, and I know that last year I didn't think they were going to be good. And they weren't. And I see what I see now, and it's just take away the identities of the players, whatever. It's a lot of the same stuff. Last year's prop was a lot of first-year players. They have a lot of first-year players this year. Um, last year's problem was they don't have you know great shooting. I'm not sure they have great shooting right now. Uh, you know, last year's problem is this year's problem in a couple of situations. That worries me. Um, again, I think if you replace one problem with a similar problem, I'm not sure you're advancing that much. Um, and again, let's. I want to see some things too. Like it sounds great to have Oscar and Colbert together. Um, they only got ten fouls, and I think one thing you're going to see is like let's attack those guys and see what we can do. Westbrook isn't guarding, never mind, 94 feet, but 47 feet very well. They're going to fall a lot of guys those guys at the basket. And, you know, is Colbert going to be able to hang? We'll see. Can him and Oscar hang? We'll see. Um, you know, is, is Oscar going to be able to go to Cancun and play in those games? Oh, play? I didn't even think of that. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that old uh, visa thing is, you know, is kind of difficult. So we, we don't know a lot of that stuff, and that's obviously another conversation, but I just... Uh, maybe I'm proven wrong, and I'm sure that this isn't going to make its way into anybody's, you know, bullet board or anything like that. But like, it just—I see the similar thing from last year, and more importantly, I see a similar thing that I did to the the year after the really bad year previously. Like, I think it'll be better. I don't think there's any question that it should be worse. I think they'll be better. I'm just not sure if they're going to be at that point where um they get over the hump. They need a lot of things to go right, and even if a couple of them don't follow through, that's going to leave them kind of in a limbo. I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, I mean, two completely different situations. The last time they had a losing record, entering the Big 12, kind of some transition already with some of the guys that came in that wasn't a good fit or for whatever reason. So you can kind of explain a little bit of that away. And then uh, to your point, this season, uh, a lot of a lot of changes from last year, but that, that means a lot of new guys. So um, you have the same kind of concern that you have at the beginning of the last year. And uh, and to your point, I've heard of shooting. I heard McNeil's a pretty good shooter. McBride looked pretty good in the in the first exhibition game, for what that's worth. Um, but <laughs> if you've got three big guys, and that's fifteen fouls, uh, and you play small, how does that how does that work with Bob Bob Huggins' style of defense? It's got to be. That's a really good question. I mean, can I don't think Rout and Culver or Rout and Oscar can press. Maybe Rout and Oscar. We'll see. I guess Rout is a good, serviceable, you know, at the basket, back to the basket player on offense and defense. You know, he could be a backboard, you know, for some of your, your half-court stuff on defense. I'm not sure he's running the floor, although I've heard that he's better at it and he's slimmer and he does look slimmer. 
he wasn't a big guy before, but I think he's trimmer now. And just in the one game I saw them play at the front of the tournament in Spain against uh, Madrid, they used this term loosely, all-stars. Right. Um, <laughs> he ran. That looked good. I mean, he beat some guys on the floor in transition, and I think they're going to have to do that. I think that's something where Oscar's going to help the ball make it better. So it's possible. Um, I, I just don't know. I think it'd be interesting to see how they do that. But, you know, again, things that have to work, like McNeil, you know, it's not that he might be a good shooter. He has to be a good shooter. Right. But Sherman, it doesn't matter that he might be a good shooter. He has to be a good shooter. I don't think they want McKay being their top three-point shooter. I don't think Harler, I don't think Harler has us talked into the, the fact that he is their top shooter. Maybe he does, but we're just going on things that we know and we think right now, where the reality is it has arrived and what his past taught us that these things all situate themselves in the preseason and A, A B, and C have to happen. And you don't get A, B, and C as much as you get F sometimes, right? Sure, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I asked you earlier, uh, last time you were on one year ago, uh, asked you to give me a Cam Thurman story you could share on the podcast. This time I'm going to ask you for a Jonathan Holton story you can share on the podcast. Oh, man. Um, the, the, I believe it was the first year they beat, no, it wasn't the first year they beat Kansas. It was the really snowy game where it was a blizzard out in Morgantown. And they played Kansas, and it was like a Tuesday night game. And it was it was wild because whoever made it there, and it wasn't a full house. I don't know if the attendance was, but I want to say it was, it was not 14. I thought it was 10, and, you know, considering the conditions, maybe it was 7,500. But it was rowdy in there because I think everybody who made it there, and I walked um, to the stadium because I tried to drive and I could. I went back to my house and I walked. Wow! I think everybody who made it there felt like they accomplished something. Like, hey, we did something. We're part of something cool. Let's make this count. And it was a pretty cool atmosphere that night because I think Kansas was again, you know, certainly one of the top teams in the country, but they had a good squad and they won. And they they didn't win. West Virginia beat them, and the crowd rushed the floor. Um, and I remember, like, it was this pandemonium in there, and reporters, like, we try to get down because we're not on the score level. Normally in a court rush, you're in danger in a basketball game because they'll run over you. Um, it happens. Sure. But Randy Peterson from Randy Peterson from the Iowa State beat broke his leg once because they ran over him. Oh, time. my so, goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky in Morgan Time because we're elevated, but you still got to get down to the post game because the players want to get off the floor. And they want to get back and celebrate and they get their media done as fast as possible so they can go be college students that night. So it's all very fast. So what I noticed walking down there is that nobody was leaving the floor and that the fans and players were mixing around. And I saw, like, Holton leaning over. He was sitting on the scorer's table and he was leaning over talking to somebody. And that person handed him, like, his baby. (laughs) And, like, if you remember Holton, like, Holt was not, like, he was a great rebounder and he played good defense, but he bobbled stuff from Bob. And he had a weird, he had a weird shooting release. Remember that? Like, I his, do. Like, his handwork wasn't the best. Um, like, he was really good at tipping balls to himself, but not necessarily the first catch. I was worried. <laughs> like, who gave him a baby? And like, he was just a young child. And he holds, like, the small child up, like, like Simba. And oh. everybody around him cheers, like, like this weird scene out of, like, a, a Snow Swift Lion King. And, and all of a sudden, he hands the baby back, and he signs an autograph, and he comes back, and he does his post-game interviews. And I remember talking afterwards about what happened. I, I think I wrote a, I'm pretty sure I wrote a blog about it the day after. Actually, I did, because I wrote about it, and, like, the, the kid's dad actually contacted me and told me the whole story. It's all coming back to me now, but long story short, like, he, he raised the baby in a court rushing after the 
<laughs> like, I know he did great things as a college player, but I don't think he'll ever top that. I mean, uh, the degree of difficulty and the <laughs> the, the high risk situation there. That's uh, he. I'm glad that story ended that way, and we would know if it didn't end that way. Yeah, we were nervous. Oh my gosh! All right, final question. I appreciate your time. I know this is busy time for you. I've asked other people this during the off season, uh, Game of Thrones style. If the Kazaza family had like an animal or some kind of symbol that was on your family crest or your shield, uh, what animal would represent the Kazaza family? Uh, it, it wouldn't. It does. It's a flamingo, pink flamingo. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you have, yeah, been in my family for quite some time. I think different people have it tattooed on them, and I don't know. It's always part of like gifts people give each other, whether it's shirts or lawn ornaments or shower curtains, stuff like that. But that's things we'll make for sure. You have the answer. It it happens. That's amazing because it's it's been theoretical with the other people I've talked to. You're the first person that actually has one, and that's an awesome animal, and that's great, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, that's it. I appreciate you coming back. Uh, hopefully, maybe next year, August 2020, you'll come back. I appreciate your time, Mike. Thank you for joining me on Unreasonable Doubt. Let's do it sooner, okay? All right, cool, man. Thank you. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime Veteran Owned. Full. Service. Graphics. Shop. Over. One. Million. Promotional. Products. D. Y. E. R. P. R. I. M. E. Dot. Com. Call or text 304-767-4445 for Dire Prime T-Shirts. Big thanks again to Mike for joining me. Find Mike on Twitter at Mike Kazaza, M-I-K-E-C-A-S-A-Z-Z-A. Read his stuff on WVU Sports at earsports.com. And again, listen to the podcast. Very informational. Good rapport between Chris and Mike. Check that out. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or don't. Listen to just wherever you're listening to it right now. Or... I'll give you some other options. There's wherever you're listening to it now. Maybe that's Apple Podcasts. Maybe that's Breaker. Maybe that's Podbean. Maybe that's Overcast. Quite possibly, it could be a little outfit called CastBox. Wherever you listen, subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, leave a review. Do those things. If you haven't done it, do it again. What that doesn't make any sense. Just do one of those things. Maximum appreciation if you did that. Until next week, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WBU, 
for the 2019-2020 season is 0-0. Zero